0: This idea that I can't relax until fill in the blank is Absolutely. like so intense. I work with it on a daily basis. Of like, actually, you can relax right now. You can it's leave okay those dishes if, if in that's the sink, not put away it's, exactly. Yeah. Podcast, where an ex-Buddhist monk and a former Catholic explore the power, pleasure, and mystery of spiritual practice outside of institutional religion. I'm Shane the Catskills, an artist living at the intersection of social justice and spirituality, who spent a decade living in a Zen Buddhist monastery before re-entering lay life in 2019.
1: And I'm Peg Conway, a writer, energy healer, and motherless daughter. I anchored myself in the liturgical rhythms of the Catholic Church for my entire adult life until I just couldn't anymore. In our last episode we talked about altars. In today's episode we're talking about resistance and confusion as ritual ingredients.
0: Good morning. It's still morning here.
1: Is it is. Are how you? are you arriving?
0: I am arriving um well, I'm arriving a little scattered, which <laughs> <laughs> is contributing yes. to our um our topic today. Um, I moved about a week and a half ago and I am, um, still settling into my new place, my new space, this, um, land, which is very, very close to the monastery. So it's not unfamiliar to me. Um, but I am feeling a little out of my usual, uh, Tucked in, kind of zone. So that is how I am, and and like, well, my I, my health is good. It's a beautiful sunny day here. Uh, the snow is melting, so I'm arriving in all of those ways. What about you?
1: Well, literally scattered too. I mean, your things are not yeah. where they used to be. I mean, I I'm experiencing this as you're on Zoom, so I can see you, and you're in a different background. I was so wasn't startled when we first got started, but I was like, oh wow, you're in a different place now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm arriving actually pretty, pretty even keeled, pretty low key. We, I have been to the gym already today. And so I'm feeling that always gives kind of a good cleansed feeling. Um, But the, uh, this topic of resistance is current for me. I've I've been uh, working on things that I want to do, but somehow, and some things I have to do. And uh, it's just some, uh, I'm, I'm noticing how I don't want to do things and how, what I do when I don't want to do things.
0: I want to hear all about it. Like what happens when you don't want to do things?
1: Well, I get into very much into avoidance. And so I like start, sometimes it comes about, well, most recently, as I would, you have heard some of this a little bit before, but I've been working on updating my website. I've been working on um, sharing about programs that I'm offering And in a more personal realm, I have been working, I have been diagnosed with osteoporosis a while back. um, And I've been working with that. I felt like I needed to work. It kind of came to me that I needed to be more proactive about that. I carried out my doctor's orders, but I, I felt like I, all of a sudden I had this impulse some resources came my way and I was like, I think I need to take hold of that. And I felt good about doing that. So that's what happens. A good idea happens and I go with it. And then the kind of the murky middle of, oh, to get from here to there, I've really got to do things. And somehow that can invoke either feelings of fear or scarcity or overwhelm. And so that's, that's, I have experienced that in multiple little places the past week or two. And like, how do you relate to that experience? Well, there is a... I can have a tendency to get self-critical. See that that then that becomes a spiral of, oh, I should have done that yesterday. I should have done last week. You know, you need to do this. You need to post that. You need to promote that. You need to send that email. You haven't done it, Mm." and then it can it can then it like grows. It becomes this huge like mountain that must be scaled, and then and then when I do it, it's like, okay, that took 15 minutes. I spent you know, <laughs> two days avoiding it and relatable. Yeah. So, um, I think what works for me is I really try to just do one thing. I say, okay, I gotta, I gotta do something on this today. And, um, like updating my website. Cause last time I updated my website was right before my book came out, you know, kind of focusing on the book and that's been a year and a half. So let's, kind of keep the book, but let's kind of focus on where, what I'm actually doing now. And that kind of work is, it's, it's fun and creative, but it's not quick. It's, it has to evolve. It has to gestate and marinate. um So that has been in fits and starts of satisfaction and frustration. Um, but I have found myself asking the dad, we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Like I think of um, people that I know that I used to, that I used to work with, or that I used to be involved with were mentors of mine. And I said, oh, please help me get this written today. You know, like literally keep it specific and ask for help. Um, on the osteoporosis side, I'm taking a, doing some, a couple of online courses related to nutrition and testing and, you know, various things related to figuring out why you're, I'm losing bone and that, and how to strengthen bone and balance, improve balance, and yes, you know, so, um, and somehow, and that can feel very intimidating. Like I don't really like medical things very much, and to think about, you know, bone deterioration and worry about fractures. Some there is a tendency, like I think there's probably a sweet spot between complete avoidance and over obsess, you know, over worrying without doing anything productive. So I, again, okay, I'll do a little bit. Did that? Okay, yesterday I was telling a friend about. I have all these things I don't want to do. And I thought, that is my theme of the day. I've got to do some things. I got to get these off my plate because Mm. they're weighing me down. I need to at least do a little bit on each of these things that I don't want to do.
0: (laughs) Would you say that your style is when it comes to
1: like resistance is avoidance? Sometimes, sometimes that's definitely, I think it's part of my process in a way. Like Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a cycle of, of a good idea. Then Getting started, then oh no, it's got to be all this. It's got to go all the way in, and then okay, 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 and then oh okay, that that kind of you gotta let the tension, you gotta let the tension build up a little bit, yeah, to like
0: propel. (laughs) Yeah, interesting,
1: Interesting. but it is a. I think i I am becoming a little more grounded in knowing that process and not so avoid avoidant as a as an endpoint is not helpful because then things don't get done. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, like, oh, well, that wouldn't work anyway. You know, that didn't work. Well, in fact, it didn't work because I sort of stopped.
0: Yeah. I've been, you know, I think part of my, um, you know, we weren't sure we were going to record today, you know, like what's the topic going to be. And, you know, I was saying to you earlier, you actually mentioned my March newsletter that it seemed, um, I can't remember exactly how you said it, that, there wasn't a lot about me in it. And, and we sort of talked about because I'm in such a, uh, you know, I've been in so much transition, not just with my home, but with other things too, that, um, I have, uh, my way of working with that is not to not disclose a lot, like to, you know, in my newsletter that goes out to however many people or whoever's listening to, it's not like it's like hordes of people. And, um, I think after living at the monastery for so many years where you're, uh, you don't have privacy really. You're like living with people all the time and, You know, when I left the monastery, I felt like I had very little privacy about what was happening. And so I feel very ferociously protective of my privacy when I'm in a space of like, what is going on? And that feels like kind of the space I'm in in my life right now. The way I put it to you is like, the universe has my attention, (laughs) you know, is that things are happening that I am precipitating, that I have to like... I can't help but be like, what is going on here? And so I say all of that because that is the um, I think the confusion as ritual ingredient that I'm um working with right now is I'm such a Saturnian creature of habit. And, you know, one of the worst feelings in the world is to like have a shakeup or a change or you know, that I'm not, that it it doesn't feel like I'm initiating, although that's debatable. Um, So, yeah, I'm just kind of like uh, working with not, you know, not having a coherent story about what's happening. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I love that way of putting it. It strikes me that sort of the common element in what we're both describing is I would say smallness, like things might have to be, you have to take things one step at a time. Like getting settled in a new home takes a lot of small steps. Can, even though there's probably, I, I get this, this inclination to want to wave a magic wand and have everything in order, but that it doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. You know, it has kind
0: of worked that way for me in the past. Like when I moved to Phoenicia, it felt like that. It felt like, You know, I had a couple days before I left for Newfoundland, and I like painted two coats of paint and the trim, and cleaned, and everything, and everything. And I came back from that trip, and like the house was like, "Hello,
1: you know, welcome home,"
0: you you know. And this is not like that. This is not. And also, under coming to understand that moving isn't about recreating what I had in the old house here, right? Very
1: much resonate with that.
0: Yeah, like understand. This is a completely different place. Um, and, And you
1: know, know, we will be in our new, our current place. I still call it new, but this month on the 18th will be a year that we lived here. Wow. And it took me at least six months before I felt like I, but I began to recreate some things from the old house in a different way. Obviously it's a different space, but kind of reinstalling little things that, that I realized, oh, I thought I couldn't have that here, but actually I really do like a little display here, put a chair there. I need a, need another lamp like just kind of filling in hominess in a way. Yeah. And after living here, then you say, oh, well, we, we tend to want to sit here to do this. So let's add this here to make it more comfortable
0: And shout out to my friend, Bethany, who's just been like kind of holding my hand through this and, and, you know, essentially saying, just wait, just like live in it for a little bit. Like, don't, you know, I was going to buy a couch and like do all the, you know, and as it turns out, like, I don't, a couch is not right for this space, you know? And so I think that my, uh, style of, I don't know if it's resistance, but like, in, I don't avoid, I like overdo. I get uh, very kind of frenetic and um, efficient in, a, in an almost like scary way. And like, I want to just have it all finished so I can relax. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, the, that's
1: the sympathetic nervous system activating. I'm what I'm describing is more of a past yeah. sympathetic into more of a shutdown overwhelm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in a in a micro know, kind of micro way. kind of way, I'm not yeah. literally dissociated from what I'm doing, but there, it's like that pattern. Just of, the style oh, feels too much. Got to just chill.
0: Yeah, and and like this idea that I can't relax until fill in the blank is Absolutely. like so intense. I work with it on a daily basis. Of like, actually, you can relax right now. You can it's leave okay those dishes in the sink, put away exactly. It's, yeah. And and yet, like, there's a part of me that's like. But you'll feel so much better, you know. I'm I'm starting to doubt, you know. I think part of what confusion invites in a ritual way is um a sort of uh what's the word? A sort of shakeup of old stories about mm. what's me ne- what I need or what's good, or what makes me feel good, or It's just a chance to sort of check in and be like, is that really true? Is it really true that I can't relax if blah, blah, blah? You know, is it really true that I need X, Y, and Z? Um, And so, you know, I'm not trying to put like a silver lining on confusion because I hate it. (laughs) It's a really um, hard experience. I'm actually taking a workshop later this month with an astrologer named Alice Sparkly Cat um, that's about, uh, inhabiting confusion. Hmm. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to what they have to say about that, but it's, it's, it's hard for me. Like, I feel like all of my creative juice and all of my, um, sort of ace of wands, like spark is kind of deadened and and a little muddy. And, Mm. um, I don't like that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, am I losing my mojo? I know I'm not, absolutely you know? not. But it's being sort of re- refashioned in a way. You know, the in the resistance, talking about resistance always makes me think of the art practice at the monastery, and one of the teachers there is named Hojin Sensei, and you know when we would receive the art practice assignment for the spring or the fall, invariably, there'd be these questions about like, I just don't know how to like get started. And I don't know, you know, and she would be like, okay, like express that. Like that was always her like, she was a, a like a potter. She's a potter. And she was a ceramic artist for many years. And she likes to put her bowls as they're drying right on the edge of the table so that there's this worry that they might actually like fall off the edge of the table and she says it gives them juice she she's such a master at like um really sucking the marrow out of a confusing or you know i guess i would put her and me at opposite ends of the spectrum of like where we're comfortable Is so that she can really mm. be fluid and you know, circular and let it be not clear or coherent yet, and can really be so powerful and creative in that space. Whereas I'm, I'm kind of like, I need to be all tucked in.
1: (laughs) I love that. That's actually really inspiring to me in the sense of when I'm in a state of resistance slash avoidance, there, it tends to be a distancing from myself, like, but what I actually need is to come closer. And what I'm hearing that in that example, come closer to that. And that's kind of what I did. I, in a, you know, just sort of spontaneously yesterday when I was talking with my friend, we had gone on a walk and going, we were going our separate ways. And I was just saying out loud all these things I don't feel like doing. And then somehow that brought them out into the, like hung them on a clothesline almost I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, okay, they're right there. Just, just do it. Just, you know. Take a step here, take a step there, and um, and then felt I felt you know I felt better. I again, I wouldn't put a big silver line and a big bow on, like oh, it was so magical. It's like okay, that's what I mean about the smallness. Okay, I moved, that was good. That, but that that sense of putting it present and sort of visible, not hidden, is is interesting. Um, I love
0: that 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 getting closer. I feel like that was so much of the teaching, you know at 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 the monastery and art practice and, in everything sort of like, um, close, close the gap there, you know, but and even it,
1: the concept of art practice, isn't that, I mean, to me, I obviously have never lived in a monastery. Um, but to think about art practice in the midst of feeling confused, scattered or resistant or shut down. I mean, that's kind of a bring you back to the, to the embodied, to the present, um, giving form to this amorphous. Externalizing the experience
0: so that you can like be in relationship with it. I mean, that's what I love about it so much. What you were saying about um, the smallness of things, like I feel like that's so key is sort of like uh, not seeking out some grand gesture that's going to like clear up the confusion once and for all or, you know, be done with resistance once and for all. And also what you were saying about, you know, doing things that you don't want to do. I was talking to a friend about this recently about, I feel like in a lot of my, for a long time, I sort of made myself do things that I didn't want to do because I thought I should, or I wanted to be good or for any number of reasons. And, you know, I had a sort of reactionary impulse to that of like, I'm not going to do things that I don't want to do. I'm not going to make myself do things, but there is something about quote unquote, making myself do things that I have a little resistance to, but that ultimately I deeply want to do.
1: Yes. That is
0: extremely powerful. I feel it in my organizing work. Like phone banking is a perfect example. Like I never feel like doing that, but deep down, there's a value that it rests on that's extremely important to me. And I always feel better after making myself do it. And, and, you know, other things too, like, I don't feel like going for a walk today. Well, you really need to, because you know that it's an important touchstone in your life every day to do. So just do it. So, There is an instance where making myself do things is actually feels like the right move.
1: Mm -hmm. I totally hear you. And I have begun to rely on something that I think of, I associate strongly with you is, well, how can I make this more fun for myself? How could Mm -hmm. I make this more of a pleasure? So maybe I, you know, set myself up in a comfortable spot or I decide I'm only going to do this for 30 minutes and then I'm going to go outside, you know, like sort of make it, make it more appealing for myself
0: yeah I love that as actually like uh, there was another friend who had a lot of like admin I love doing admin I think that's my Capricornian nature is like I take great pleasure in like updating my website and like
1: (laughs) doing all of those things I like having those things done I don't always and although sometimes it is a lovely clear the decks kind of Get the cobwebs out.
0: yeah, it feels like a way to sort of touch everything and just freshen it up digitally mm-hmm. speaking. Um, but you know, I had a friend who had like a lot of very intense admin things to do, bureaucratic red tape phone call kind of things. And, you know, the resistance, as you were saying, like made it take up so much space in their mind and actually a lot of time they were spending a lot of time throughout the day like thinking about it, perseverating about it. And it was like, I was like, just make, you know, twenty minutes twice a week where you just tuck into the pile and see how long it takes you to get through it. And that is so much, um, I think creating a container contains the the perseveration and, and whatever uh, so that it doesn't bleed into everything else. Mm-hmm, a task mm-hmm. that ultimately, you know, may take a little while, but not all day. Um, but I also, you know, feel like resistance is a source of juice for me you mm. know uh re- and i think maybe this is actually some of the confusion is that um do i need that do i need resistance always to access the juice or are there other ways you know because sometimes the resistance is painful for myself and for others Mm. And so, you know, questioning the necessity of, I think there's a lot of different kinds of resistance. Mm-hmm. I think there's a kind of friction that can be juicy and generative, but I think uh, the reactionary kind of resistance that I have sort of lived at, lived out for so long, I think I'm, uh, yeah, I'm wondering, wondering if there are different ways to actually... Uh, yeah, I'm wondering if there are different ways.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I think I work with resistance primarily as an internal thing. It's really part of my mental gyrations.
0: Yeah, I think I definitely I mean I have internal resistance, but I definitely externalize it, much to other people's dismay and my own. Um yeah, I mean, I think that I'm only coming to see that sort of in, clearly in a different way, where I can actually be like, "Oh, okay, I see. I see what's happening." You know, uh, a friend of mine who's also a long-term practitioner, Zen practitioner, we were talking about. There's something about how certain mental processes that. We were talking about how recognizing the mechanism of when the mind latches on, to, for me, it latches onto something and kind of spins with it, you know, is that the content of that is actually not very important. It's mm. the mechanism of, you know, um, needing needing to externalize the resistance and latch on to something. Mm. And seeing that as like an indicator light in your car, like, oh, there's something here that yes, needs attention yes, and it's not yes. about the content of what I'm perseverating about.
1: Right. I totally re- yeah. resonate with that. For me, it's when I, this isn't so much related to resistance as much as if I'm behaving in a very controlling way or feeling a need, like feeling dysregulated about why is this not done this way or whatever that's that's indicator light is a perfect um term it's like oh something's bothering me i need to like deal with something that i haven't admitted to myself or haven't noticed or been able to kind of surface
0: and how do you like when you recognize you're in a moment like that what do you how do you take care of yourself what do you do
1: um often i i use my journal like i sort of investigate just sort of just sort of reflect on say well today i noticed that i was really agitated about the way the waiter wasn't pouring our water or da, 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 da. what was that really about why what has been stirring for me and sometimes sometimes it, it goes back to something that happened the day before and i think oh when so and so said this it really hurt my feelings and i just didn't admit that to myself and so papered over or, you know, and then it's sort of, I mean, that is, that is a very microcosm ex- of example made up of what I did for years in, in kind of coming to terms with the loss of my mother. I mean, literally the mm-hmm. kind of triggers I had when my kids were young, when I was, you know, when I was a young adult, after my friend was hit by the car and I was beginning to like, understand, I had all these emotions. I would be like, why did I lose my cool? Like I didn't know. I really had no idea. I had to like, oh, I guess I'm having some, you know, emotional expression. You know. So mm. it can be very simple or it can be very vague. Mm. Relate. Yeah. I relate. I relate to that. Huh.
0: Do we have anything else on this?
1: I don't think so. I don't. Okay. Well, we can bring this in for a landing with a little checkout just had a thought about what in your environment are you paying attention to at this time of year like Mm. in your new in your new neighborhood are there things that you are like latching on to as touch points i love
0: that question um well the land here is extremely familiar to me uh because i lived on it when i lived at the monastery so true uh, in terms of like you know the view of the mountain and uh the esopus river is right at the bottom of the driveway and so when i go out for my walk in the morning you know this morning it was sort of a deep teal with like a kind of beautiful burnt sienna around the edges i mean so it's it reminds me of the creek that i used to live on it's Mm. like the water is gonna have a different face every time i look and so that feels like it rivets my attention because it's the first thing that kind of comes into view when i come down the driveway. and then i was telling you earlier, you know, there's this very tall dead tree right across the river and there's been a bald eagle hanging out in there. i i hear him, you know, making his uh very distinct eagle calls from time to time when i go outside and i've caught sight of him twice now or mm-hmm. her, i'm not sure, but um this eagle is massive.
1: They are Um, amazing. I haven't seen one in a long time, but the one time I did, it was quite awesome. You know, inspiring.
0: sitting there on the branch for quite some time. I had the binoculars out at a certain point and we were looking right at each other and then uh, they took off and just so immense and beautiful and silent, you know, so uh, that feels like it's definitely uh, riveting my attention.
1: What about you? well since well, it's, we're having a very early spring here in cincinnati and so last year i one of the things that i was aware of in moving from a house with a yard to a building where we don't have a yard is what trees would i be in relationship with that was a, you know just something i was thinking about and over the months that we've been here you know i walk the dog multiple times a day Very early on there, one of the things i missed a lot from our old neighborhood was lilac bushes. We didn't have any in our yard, but there was Mm. one up the street that I would visit. And it turns out I was on the lookout for lilac bushes and I found some around the block across the way. And then it turns out there's a very, very tiny scraggly remnant of one directly across the street. And I noticed this morning that it is starting to have buds.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: I was also on the lookout for cherry trees, which bloom very briefly and beautifully. If they don't get frozen or something, but, and I know two spots where there are nearby cherry trees. So I've been paying, watching for those. And then there's a um, a pine tree just up at the corner. It's in a, a yard of an apartment building. And I, I felt drawn to it. And I thought you're, you're like my, I don't know, my mother tree or something. I just felt like it was calling to me. And so I say hello to it silently when Sadie and I walk by mm. various points. So those are just, a, those are the beginnings of my little places I visit.
0: I love that. I love that. Here's getting to know the land we live on and mm-hmm. all the all the beings we share it with. That's great. Uh, what do you have? So this uh, episode is going to come out in the beginning of April. Is there anything that you want to let people know you're up to?
1: Well, I think our my participation in the Atta Yoga uh, series on death. My session is in May on befriending grief, living with death, befriending grief. And um, I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Me too. I'm looking forward to your session too. Mine will be in April about using tarot to work with the dead. It'd be great to see uh, folks there. And um, I think that's
1: all I have. For now, me too. Thanks, Peck. Thank you.